Vlad here. Welcome to Kite Pick Fridays, episode number 54. It's 54. Why are you just point showing four fingers? Yes, 54. Who's counting? I am counting. And yeah, Rich is. It was a, a peace sign. Us. It was a hello sign. <laughs> I don't know. Peace and hello sign. Yeah. yeah. As I just mentioned, I'm Vlad. And welcome to Cat Pick Fridays, episode 54. I'm repeating myself, by the way. Yeah, we are tired. And this show brings you latest and greatest in guitar and music industry news. And we're also starting to provide some um, gear commentary. And more on that later in the show. But yeah, once again, I'm joined by my co-host and a guy who is at least as tired as I am today. Though for probably different reasons. Well, he was live streaming. I'm just tired because of some other stuff. And yeah, Rich, will this be the most energetic episode we've ever done? Unlikely, Vlad. As you've just said, we're both very tired. We're shooting this very early in the morning, especially for me, because it's earlier than it is for you, where I am. And That is true, as they say in German. And I don't think either of us is sponsored by an energy drinks company or anything like that. So we shan't be drinking cans of that awful stuff on the stream. Yeah. Well, it's one of those sponsorships where I would have to say no anyway, because my stomach can't take like 98% of those drinks. That'd be neither. I I just can't deal with them. Yeah. And they don't. Yeah. So they don't attract me taste wise either. Yeah. I've had. I've seen few where, or like I've tried few that actually taste pretty good, but it's just like I'm already having to limit to my caffeine intake on most of the days because, like in the evenings, I just notice that I have trouble falling asleep if I drink coffee too late in the evening. Yeah, and energy drinks are a whole different level. I turn into like a a what? Well, like a like a rest squirrel or something like just every, like my senses are on overdrive at that point and that's not <laughs> good for anyone me or the people around me so yeah don't drink energy energy drinks kids it's dangerous that, that's probably not the point of the show and what I wanted actually like what I actually wanted to say is that thank you for Watching, listening, liking, sharing, subscribing. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. So we're there. Everything we mentioned here in the show is available as the links in the show notes. There's timestamps, things like that, if you are especially interested in a certain topic. And yeah, going to cover a bunch of news. There's schools, guitars. There's Spark Mini demos available. People have been getting few. A friend of ours has actually gotten one and a few new pedals as well. And we're going to talk a bit more about the whole damn tone wood thing because our buddy Chris Barocci released a really cool video kind of addressing some of the things that have been said over the past two weeks with the whole tone wood debate. And we are starting a new segment. Uh, right now, the working title is like roasting your rigs or something like that. Uh we might come up with some proper name for that at some point and some cool intro with music and visuals and stuff like that. But as of now, let's just call it Roasting Your Rigs and starting with Pellaboards this week. And these are user-submitted rigs. So 
you people sent us some photos and we're going to react to those and comment on those. Some people have shared some stories of their rigs as well, so should be fun. But first, we're going to start with some things that have happened as of late. A section also known as Recent Happenings. Rich, do not laugh. I definitely didn't mess up anything with that intro transition. No, it laugh. was perfect. Don't. Don't. It's I'm not. Nothing happened. Nothing I'm deadly serious. Here. Yeah. I've and got your back. Yeah, we're going to start with Spark Mini because we talked about that in the last two episodes, I think. And our buddy Steve from Boston has a demo on the Spark Mini. Uh, for those watching YouTube, you can also tell that he has the... Spark, the it's just called Spark, the, so the biggest Spark, and he, now he has the mini as well. And in this video, he does a fairly extensive demo of the Spark mini, and I'd say it sounds kind of what we expected pretty nice. It certainly seems to have its limitations, sound wise, when it, just because of the size of the whole thing, but. That's kind of what you expect anyway, even though it had the omnidirectional base port or whatever it was called. So maybe like some of that omnidirectional base is just bleeding to other directions than the microphone, and that's why it's not as boomy as it could be or something like that. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. It sounds nice. No, me neither. Yeah, it sounds quite nice. Um, and I'm happy that Steve from Boston is well, at least the first person I've seen to actually do a genuine audio mm. demo of this amp where you can hear the speaker. I mean, he has close mic'd it, so there's a microphone. It's like a Zoom H4 or H6, it looks like, what yeah, he's using. Very close up to the speaker. So you said, Vlad, that that might not be a like a 100% true representation of what you'd hear in a room, and I think you're nope. right, but still, it's great to actually hear what it might sound like if you were playing it, as opposed to just getting the DI signal. And it was also yeah. cool to hear Steve, and to watch Steve going through some of the presets that you can access. Hmm. Yep. I mean, overall, I think this makes me a bit more impressed about the whole Spark system. Like, it's sub $200. The amp... The amount of features you get with that is really cool. For a lot of new guitar players especially, that's a very, very solid choice. Plus you can use it to listen, like when you listen to music or podcasts and stuff like that as well. So why not? It's the price of like your average, like good sounding Bluetooth speaker, except that it's also a cool guitar rig and the whole system, like if you have an iPad or something like that, uh, you can also rehearse with it. There's a lot of learning software on it as well and stuff like that. So, yep. Yeah, I it's pretty, kind of like it. Yeah, I don't need it, but cool. I like it. Yeah, exactly the same for me. And I think for probably <laughs> at least 50% of people who will buy this thing, they don't need it. They already play guitar. They already have amps, probably multiple amps, but they're going to buy this one too. I thought it was really, yeah. really cool just at the end of the video where Steve puts a backing track on and he's able just to get a little bit of a jam on straight away. The one thing, yep. of course, you don't really hear from Steve because that's not his thing is any of the kind of more pristine, clean tones. It will be really mm. interesting to hear how good they sound, but the um, the classic and hard rock sounds that he got, the sort of 80s, super stratty sort of rock stuff, 
it did the job, you know, it was cool. He was having yeah. a blast doing it. So that was nice. We also got from yeah. his video a little bit of clarification on how much tweakability you have with the Spark Mini. Because again, this is something that Positive Grid haven't clearly addressed in their marketing blurb, you know. You don't know what you can actually do if you get this amp. And originally on the website for the Spark Mini, it said that you had access to 10,000 presets, which you do. I believe that's true. And I don't think you can really move things around too much. You can't build your own setups and add different pedals, but you can tweak the amps and you can tweak the pedal settings. You can activate and deactivate pedals from your preset. So you do have, to some extent, a bit of tone tweakability with this, with this amp. So that's kind of cool. One other interesting thing that we noticed from watching this was that you have to pay to get some extra sounds which are not included with the Mm. Mini. I don't know if those are only artist tones because the ones that Steve was looking at were the Jimi Hendrix tones, but he was going to have to pay an extra $20 if he wanted to access those. So that's something which might be coming. Yeah. Yeah, I got a mixed feelings about that, but then again, I haven't dived into the whole system as much, so, yeah. I mean, again, it looks nice, and having I have owned two this type of practice amps, so the new X Mighty Light BT, which looks quite mm-hmm. a lot like Spark Mini, and then I've had the Mighty Light, or no, it's called Mighty Air, which is a stereo amp, it's wireless, and that thing sounded great when you would play guitar through it, like relatively great to its size and stuff like that. And also, it was like an amazing Bluetooth speaker. It was really good when listening to music Mm -hmm. or podcasts as well. And like, I found myself using the thing quite a lot. And I think like, not, not always with guitar, but like, it was just, I would have it in my living room and I would just go there with my guitar and would have a quick jam, maybe wearing some headphones as well and yeah it's fun yeah uh, I think out of the two I think I actually like, if I would get a practice amp, I would probably go for Spark Mini just because of the size and price which is like half of the big one yeah I think so. it's going to be kind of if you're looking at two or three different practice amps I think it's going to be hard for people to convince themselves to buy the others over the Spark Mini because yeah. it it seems to offer so much the price is great and I think for people who love playing along to backing tracks and stuff, it it wins in that regard. So yeah. it looks cool. It, Every time we do a new video about this, I'm thinking more and more about getting one of these for myself, which is dangerous territory to be in. But that's life as a guitar <laughs> uh, player. Do you remember from Steve's video? I think he talked about like because these units seem to have like double Bluetooth connection, meaning that you can stream stuff into them, but you could also connect your Bluetooth headphones to them. I think he, he addressed that, but I can't remember what was his like verdict on that. Like that, can you actually connect those? I'm that's pretty one sure he said that, that you can. Yeah, I, that's one thing that I can't remember either, details-wise. Unfortunately, we'll have to go back and watch it again. But it yeah. would make sense for it to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping because that would make them even more practical. Yeah, I, I'm noticing a lot of people using Bluetooth headphones, and the fact that if you can't connect those to the Spark Mini, and also 
you know, stream some audio, like backing tracks from your phone. That would be a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, but cool video. Be sure to check it out on Steve's channel. We are obviously leaving a link in the show notes for this one. And yeah, got some more info on them. We got to hear it and kind of got to follow what, what the experience of using this thing is. And for those watching YouTube, you can see how he closed marked it. Uh, me as an audio production nerd, I, like I've done a few demos of amps like these, and I always blend it in some of the room microphone as well, so you can get like more of the experience of what it sounds in the room. Though obviously the sound also depends on what kind of room you're playing in, so it's all relative. I think that's the name of the show as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, from that to some amazing looking guitars. Yamaha motorcycle inspired Revstar electric guitars get a modern tune up for 2022. Uh, I think this was one of those classic cases where we shot the episode and like hours later these were dropped. Yep. Uh, Typical for us. <laughs> yep. But gotta say, these look amazing. So basically, there's three tiers of these guitars. I'm uh, trying to search for the three different tiers of these models, but there's basically a budget-friendly one, a more expensive one, and then there's the Japanese-made one that is the most expensive, obviously. Our buddy Eirik has a cool demo on these on his channel. Eirik makes everything sound good, but like I talked to him after seeing that video, and he said like he really, really like actually liked them. Yeah, the... Three tiers are element, standard, and professional. And I've played probably like like the earlier, the most affordable version of these guitars. And even that was very impressive. There's, I don't know, it's balanced, folks. The guitar is comfortable in your hands, in your lap as well. And these have some cool switching options and stuff like that as well. Like, so they're actually really versatile as well. Yeah, Great absolutely. Guitars. Yeah, Please and they, they look great too. I've played some of the older Rev Stars as well, and I was always really impressed. But for some reason, I had the same phenomenon happen as when I play a Yamaha Pacifica. It's like a great guitar, mm. and it's probably always actually better than the other kinds of guitar for the same price from different brands. But there's just, I don't know, they don't have the same excitement factor as some other brands in a way. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense to you, Vlad, or if that's just nonsense that I'm speaking there, but that's that's how I felt in the past. But you can tell that these guitars are built really, really well, and I'm sure that the new ones are too. And I have to say that I am very excited by some of the finishes here, some of the hardware and pickup options, and the racing stripes on some of those guitars. Yes. They look lovely. I'm a, a sucker for a, a blue guitar and also for a racing stripe, so I can see a couple in that picture that we're looking at right now <laughs> where I would want to check them out. They look great. Yeah. I think it could actually come down to the fact that some of these haven't looked like that exciting in the past. Could be one yeah, that thing could because... be it. There were like gray finishes before, sort of satin gray, yeah. and it, it just looked like the clouds <laughs> in England look every day. So it was kind of like, mm, you know. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't make you homesick. It makes you sick. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with sick this. Sick of home. <laughs> You think of home, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that, then I started to have doubts whether, 
whether what I'm saying makes any sense. Uh, but yeah, the finishes look great. There's a bunch of different options. I would have trouble actually selecting between the P90 ones and the ones with humbuckers. Uh, the ones with humbuckers yeah. seem to have cool switching, switching options. And based on Irix demo, for example, those are actually like usable sounds. They don't sound like those typical, you know, when you split a humbucker, it sounds kind of thin and lifeless. Um, just not exciting. Yeah. These seem to have like actually usable tones. It's not a strat or tele single coil sound, but it's a very cool usable sound anyway. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which of the three ranges would you go for? Uh I wanna say like maybe the middle one, mm-hmm. which is the standard. Because it's probably like price to feature ratio is the one I found most appealing. Okay. So the, I think those had like more switching options and things like that. And I was kind of excited about them. So Yeah. I think one other cool thing about these guitars is that they have chambered bodies. So they should yeah. be very light and easy to hold for gigs and stuff. I actually remember that a couple of the older Rev Stars that I tried were very nice and I played them sitting down, but they were pretty weighty beasts. So it's yeah. nice that they've got this chambering system in place and these guitars should be a lot more comfortable to to have on a strap for quite a while. Yeah, and they shouldn't have like negative, which I guess that shape is SG-ish. So Yeah. And the headstock is well decent size at least. So there's a chance for negative but with or backdive as well. Uh, yeah, they I have a feeling they are really well balanced. So, need Could to see we... if there's a Yamaha dealer here. There has to be somewhere. These are like, it's one of those guitars and guitar brands where you kind of see them everywhere, but you just don't pay that much attention to them. Yeah, that's another thing about the Rev Stars for me. And, We've talked about this previously on the show as well. The the only kind of person of note who I ever remember repping the Revstar guitars a lot on YouTube was Chris Buck. Yeah. It's so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if we'll actually see more people kind of online and on Instagram and places like that using these new Revstars. But I have a feeling we will because they look a lot cooler. They're far more yeah. social media friendly than some of the previous ones. Yeah, I think they were really smart with the color choices. They pop out really well. And when you're browsing through your Insta feed, these will stand out. So Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, but pricing-wise, um, so at the end of the article here on the guitar.com site, uh, so Professional is three nine, well $4,000. Well, it's a made-in-Japan instrument for a very like, high quality. The other one... The so the standard is sixteen hundred dollars, and then the element is priced at thousand uh, dollars. Obviously, local pricing may vary. Yeah, I assume that like will that. translate to euros pretty much. Yeah, good. So be. that's actually I hadn't seen the prices. That's a bit more expensive than I had thought. Yeah. I'm just yeah, so wondering if, a, at some point, they will release a fourth tier, 
the basic or the, the cheapskate <laughs> for around $650 maybe. Because a, a three-tier range starting at 1000 they've moved it up a notch because some of the older yeah. rev stars were much more affordable than this. Yeah, the one I tried was like sub 400 euros. I think. Yeah, exactly. They were right from beginner's level up, weren't they? Yeah, well, Very at least this definitely rules out the professional one. So, sixteen hundred dollars, or the for the standard or the element, which is thousand dollars. Which model did which model did Eric have for his video? I think he had all three of them. All three. Okay, fine. Yeah, and I'm sure he gets to keep them as well. He's a lucky boy. Not sure. I, did I talk to him about it? I. Uh, yeah, don't remember. Started checking our chat as we shoot the episode. <laughs> yeah, I think he mentioned something about that in the video. So we're gonna drop a link to his demo in the show notes as well. It was really good. So if you want to hear the guitars, his demo is the one to go to. And from this to something that we definitely not gonna afford. Fender Custom Shop unveils the limited edition electric guitars and basses of its annual collection 2022. The 12 unique offerings are set to showcase Fender's latest innovations and developments. And then there's a bunch of relics, strats and tellies. Yeah. The latest innovations in relicking. Yes, exactly. Guitar number one is a limited edition dual P90 Telecaster Relic uh, in Paisley. Pink Paisley yeah. finish. I, I love that. I don't know where uh, the new innovation is, but I, I love that. Yeah. Um, it is a compound fretboard radius, which is interesting. So from 7.25 inches to 9.5 inches. So Interesting. It feels very vintage to play on the first frets, and then it's kind of fixes the issues that you usually have with 7.25 inch radius on the upper frets where like a note could like if you do a bend on a 12th fret or so like a note could basically like die or fret out I don't don't remember what the exact term for that is but yep fretting I had out with my yeah I had a, that issue with my what was it yeah well I had strat. a Fender Strat yeah, one of those vintage ones with a very flat radius or sort of very round radius and that had exactly yep. that issue. So, cool. Uh, it's, well, 5,500 euros. It's a custom shop, so why not? And, yeah, then there's the limited edition roasted 61 Strat Super Heavy Relic. And for anyone listening to the podcast version, I highly recommend you check out the photos. Links in the show notes because... These look like they look custom shop. And that kind of makes sense. Sometimes you see guitars like very pricey, but you're not like based on the photos, you can tell that they're custom shop. You can tell these photos, these are really like custom shop. There's a limited edition roasted 61 strat, super heavy relic. Um, kind of goes for, I don't know. To me, to me this reminds me of the. Stevie Ray Wall Strat a little bit maybe yeah with a little bit less relicking done on it perhaps but yeah <laughs> it's very close like different tiers of relic the slight <laughs> heavy relic extremely heavy relic uh, 
we dragged this with our car around for a couple of hours relic and then there's this TV Railborn relic. So yeah. this is somewhere like in between. <laughs> I mean, I, I note that this model is also available as aged Sherwood Green over three color sunburst. I think that would definitely oh, be a looker. I I'd like to see to that see one. Photos of them. Yeah. I don't know, like I'm starting to really like like these kind of over-the-top finishes where there's like one finish and then you paint it with other finish and then you relic the first finish. Yeah. So you can see the... Yeah. Uh, that, that's something something I really enjoy about that. If I would ever get like a custom shop guitar, I'd probably ask for something like that. So you could immediately <laughs> tell that that guitar is like... That, that's a special one for, for better or for worse. <laughs> Yeah, then there's something that looks a bit more traditional. Limited editions, edition Fat 50 Strat Relic. And yeah, it's a white guitar that's relic. Not too heavily relic, but quite heavy relic. 21 jumbo frets. Interesting. That doesn't sound too vintage to me. No, I think these are very much kind of vintage-looking custom shop guitars with sort of more contemporary playability added to them. I don't know if that's yeah. the innovation that we were promised at the start of the article, <laughs> but that's what they're making. And in that regard, I guess these models are actually being built to be played by people as opposed to being just collector's items. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, the, like, the price they're asking for these aren't like that outrageous that you would be scared to play one of these in front of people? No, I mean, no, some of sense. them, for, for example, this one, it's only a little bit more than the professional level of the Yamaha Revstars that we just looked at. Those that were 4,000. This one is 4,750. So not a yep. huge difference if you've got that much money, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, for me, it's a huge yeah. difference, but there you go. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, this guitar is also available in super faded aged sea foam green. I, I need feel photos like, of that one. Yeah, that I looks... feel like they haven't taken the coolest looking guitars for the <laughs> images here. I wonder if there's more Show available on the, the Fender photos. Custom Shop site. Show, show like, us the photos. Yeah, why, why show us the, I guess this is the India, the India Ivory one, kind of the, uh, the yeah. sort of off-white color, but I mean, it looks nice, but I'm sure everyone wants to see a seafoam green instead. Exactly. Next guitar is a limited edition 50s Twisted Telecustom Journey, Journeyman Relic. And it's also available in chocolate, three color sunburst, aged ocean turqu turquoise, and aged Tahitian coral. <laughs> Which yeah. one is this? Show us those. Show us the aged yeah. ocean turquoise or aged Tahitian coral. Look at the bridge pickup on that one if you're watching this. It's reversed. So that's going to provide yes. at least some slightly different tonalities. Yeah. An overall juicier again, it tone. Goes for, yeah, and again, there's a vintage compound radius from 725.25 to 9.5. So this will be comfortable to play as well. Yeah, cool. and with Fender's narrow tall frets, which they tend to use on a lot of the more modern instruments. So... Yeah. Yeah, this looks this looks like an interesting build. Yeah, it does. Another one, a limited edition custom jazz bass heavy relic. 
That's a very heavy re- relic because that base doesn't have almost any finish left on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it weird looks though cool. because the body is like it looks like an old table you'd see at a car boot sale. But yeah. the chrome hardware on the body looks brand new in this picture, so it's kind of <laughs> odd. Yeah, so comes with this. It's called like ashtray bridge thing, which some people, I guess, like. And looks very vintagey. Probably sounds amazing. I'm sure that's yeah. a great, great base. Oh yeah, age oh, natural is this one. finish. Ooh, I like this one. Limited edition, whatever, Kunife Telecustom Journeyman Relic. I'm not sure what that that's, Kunife... Um, that's the, um, I can't remember exactly what it stands for, but it's one of their wide range humbucker types. Ah, there and you go. We have that in the neck of this model, which also looks yeah. a little bit like a table. Because it, of the it does, knots actually. In the wood. What, what is that? Are those knots in the wood? Looks yeah, like that. What is... It's a pine body. Ah, there you go. As a thing, I can approve that choice of wood. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of pines here. Yeah. I like that they left the knots in there. Like my jazz master that I will hopefully finish one day <laughs> has a few of those. Like I intentionally left the knots there and kind of highlighted them as well. Yeah, that's super cool. cool. In this shows- one, they look almost a little bit too perfect. I mean, you couldn't have placed them better if you were trying. They almost line up. They're they're great. But that's a really expensive-looking telly with a big speed. Winner. Yeah. Looks great. And limited edition 55 Bone Tone Strats Relic. Bone Tone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I say. Ah, Bone Tone Pickups. Ah, there you go. And I have to admit, that, um, I am not familiar with bone tone pickups. What about you? <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Me mm. neither. <laughs> yeah. Again, that actually looks like a tabletop, the body of the guitar that is. I mean, that's the theme here. What if I mean, somebody it's possible. Like, like, yeah, maybe they're like in the initial meeting, they're like, hey, how about all of our guitar bodies look like we took... <laughs> We just took like old tabletops and used those. Yeah, I mean, that's It'd like be a cool a, collection, actually. Yeah, the, like, they should do that. The sustainability yeah. collection, you know, repurposed woods. That would be amazing yeah. for the 21st century. I, but again, I'd buy that. Yeah, me too. I mean, if I had $5,000, I would. But that's true. Again, they've taken a picture of the wrong instrument here because it's available in Aged Honey Blonde, which we have the image of. Aged Haynes Limited Edition Gold. That's got to be awesome. Why are we not seeing that one? I'm sad. Yeah, same. And that's the limited edition Caballo Tono Ligero Relic. Sorry if I'm butchering that. Which means light tone horse, according Ah, to the article. Thank you. Which I like the sound of. Yeah. And again, we're seeing it in aged black. Even though there's aged gold sparkle and aged magenta sparkle. Oh, Show come us on, the sparkles, need... boys. Come on. <sighs> come on. <laughs> Where's the sparkle? We're going to see the sparkle. But yeah, it's a, what, those like TV <clears throat> Jones pickups, yeah. TV yes. Jones, Telly. What kind of thick, 
fixed bridge thing. Some relicking on it as well. Looks great. Ooh. <laughs> then there's the the ooh was for this limited edition red hot strat super heavy relic. It's a very, very, very relict Stratocaster. Yep. There's more wood than sunburst on this one, pretty much. Yeah. That that one might be a bit over the top for me already. Like, th this is worth the line, I guess. <laughs> Have you ever seen a genuine vintage guitar that aged like that? Because I don't think I have. Uh, we have been to Guitar Point, the vintage guitar store in Germany. But we I don't have. think even they had guitars that were this aged. No, I don't think so. But I mean, I guess, I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? Because at stores like Guitar Point, I feel like they really prize clean examples of vintage instruments. Could be. And so it's like, if the cleaner examples, like the less relict ones, are the more highly priced ones, the more desirable ones, why are we seeing custom shop ones being given such heavy, kind of unrealistic relic jobs? I wonder <laughs> what the wisdom is behind that. Yeah. I guess there's a market for those. That's the only thing oh, I can for sure. think of. Yeah. Some people want them like this. I guess, why not? But again, it's available in super faded aged lake placid blue. I want to see that. Show me the pictures. Show me the pictures. Show I think we should quickly go to the Fender Custom Shop site and see if any of these other colors are available to look at. Yeah. Because otherwise we're both going to be very disappointed. As I take us through rest yeah, of yeah, these I'll guitars. Yeah, right now. Okay, actually, the next one is the one that I really like. Limited edition HS <laughs> Telecaster Custom Relic. It's like a fully black instrument. I like the aging on this one. And it's available in H charcoal, frost metallic, and three color sunburst. For this one, they actually picked the right photo. So well done. I like this. <laughs> I just need to find the extra 5,300 euros to get one of these. But Sell everything else you own. <laughs> and a Sell kidney. now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, uh, so we got a link, and let's check it out. We're going to see some of the photos, because, uh, yeah. So we're talking about the limited edition, isn't it? I think, right? Yep. So, oh, there you go. Ah, we've Look got all that. the colors here. Oof. Look at that. That looks... I mean, I actually completely over the top, but amazing. yeah, I was gonna say I actually don't like it that much because the wood <laughs> looks so dirty. It looks like someone sweated profusely into that body for many decades, and I could catch yeah. something just by picking it up. I mean, that is a well played guitar. That is a very well played guitar. Super heavy relic. Yeah, yeah. It it looks very dirty. I have to agree. <laughs> kind of cool. Uh, let's check out a few others. Where was oh, this is the one that I liked. But no, yeah, it is available in Sunburst as well. Yeah, it's not as cool in Sunburst. Uh, I much prefer that standard relic as opposed to the super heavy relic. Yeah, but there are Agreed. big differences between those two finishes that we're looking at right now. Yeah, let's think. What was the one we wanted to see? Like some sea foam or something like that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> 
Now, this looks like a custom shop instrument. So it's the limited edition roasted 61 Strat Super Heavy Relic. And this one is in Sh what Sherwood is Green over Sunburst. I think it was. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we're going to drop a link to this page as well because you, you'll want to browse through all of these. Yeah. And for those listening to the podcast, uh, us going through all this class just doesn't make sense. Be sure to check out the links in the show notes and grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea or whatever your favorite beverage is and just... Even if it's an energy drink. Yep. <laughs> Even if it's an energy drink. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And actually, we're going to talk about more like more Fender custom shop guitars, but these are one-of-a-kind instruments, and they ain't cheap. So they first certainly one is are not. This. The Fender Prestige lineup, and these are all one-of-a-kind, yeah. aren't they? So there is literally yeah. one of each of these guitars. And all of them are probably sold out already by the time this thing goes I out. would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, there's oh, a wow. Greg... Festless Prestige Ghost Town Telecaster Relic. And that thing, like we're watching a video here on YouTube, that, yeah, that's a piece of art already. It's it's not just a guitar, it's a piece of art. That's actually kind of, that's really cool. I think yeah. Telebody yeah. is great to have like a painting on it. It is, especially without the scratch plate like that. But that's definitely yeah. a guitar you would not take to a gig. You would put that on the yeah. wall. It's, or you would have to somehow hang it up in the middle of a room because it has beautiful artwork on the front and on the back. So it's like if you put it on the wall, you would lose at least one side. Yeah, and it's hanging it needs from to be in a, gla a glass case where it slowly rotates. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that or like hanging it from the ceiling where it slowly rotates, something like that. <laughs> That, that's that would be beautiful. so weird, wouldn't it? If you had that just in your normal apartment or house or whatever, you invited some people around for dinner to share an energy drink or whatever you do in Finland. A sauna with a yeah, Red right. Bull. That, that's, <laughs> that's what you guys like to do. And yeah, they just walked in and there was just this random 13,000 euro super custom fender just slowly right. rotating like a rotisserie chicken. You know what? I'd rather have a rotisserie chicken, I think. I'm quite hungry as we film yeah. this. and With your energy got my drink. Juices flowing. Yeah, no, no, no. They don't go well together. Chicken with champagne, right? <laughs> I think what? we'll have champagne with the bird. Germans will know what I'm talking about. What? Champagne? Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, yeah. You Germans confuse me. Uh, yeah. So there's, like, there's a Todd Krause's Prestige Jazzmaster, which also look. You know, this doesn't look as custom one-of-a-kind shoppy if you will rear routed uh, electronics a sized down pick guard uh, and a roasted maple neck the, it, lo it looks different it's like a it, like a retro futuristic design it does look kind of cool and yeah, yeah eleven thousand two hundred and fifty dollars it's ten thousand and ninety nine pounds nearly twelve thousand euros that's a <laughs> it's a hefty price tag it is. But it's, if you want that nice. prestige, you'll get one. Yeah. I mean, that's just something really cool about all of these guitars. Uh, this looks least, like, unique, I guess. It seems to have, like, fancy woods on it. It's a Master Builders guitar, so obviously it costs a lot, but has a 
Tasmanian Blackwood body and a flamed koa top with a satin finish. And the neck is roasted mahogany with an oil finish for natural feel. Very nice. interesting. Yeah. Again, grab yourself another energy drink or a coffee and watch these videos because they'll make you drool for guitars. Most of us will never be able to afford though. I, okay, I just found one that I'm not like as excited as for some others. <laughs> what is this? What is that? What is the, that? Mm, there must be some significance to that artwork. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. Is it related to like the hippie scene or something? The San Francisco mm, looks like subculture. It. I don't know. Yeah. Very interesting though. Yeah. Then there's a Ron Thorne's Prestige Hawaiian Dream Resonator. Nice. Resonator guitar. Uh, there's one with the skull as well. And yeah. Basically, go and check this out. They are yeah, I think really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, these are very expensive instruments, you know, from yeah. 10,000 up to over 20,000, which I'm just seeing there. But I think if you've got this kind of money, it's purely a taste thing, you know? If yeah. you're going to be able to drop that kind of cash on a guitar that will probably be displayed rather than played, you pick the ones that you like and you go for it, and more yeah. power to you. Exactly. They look. Something um, that we're also probably not going to get are these Gibsons. Uh, they released two acoustic models uh, played by the rock icon during his golden years, and we're talking about Elvis Presley. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Gibson announced two Gibson Elvis Dove and Gibson Elvis SJ200 tune acoustic create acoustics created in partnership with Authentic Authentic Brands Group and Elvis Presley Enterprises. Know so these are official S Elvis guitars. Yes. Uh, look cool. Nice looking black guitars. I'm trying to find the prices, which are $4,700 and $5,300. So, yeah, not your everyman's guitar. But then again, they are like Elvis limited edition things. Yeah. And I think probably not that ridiculous compared to the standard models. Could be. Because, you know, Gibson acoustics aren't cheap, are they? No, but they're also really good from what I yeah. can tell. So Yeah, very cool. I'd be interested to try these out. Elvis was actually a great rhythm player, so... Yeah. Often Definitely. underestimated in that regard. Yeah. Uh, just... A, a question popped into my mind. If you had $5,000 to spend on a guitar, would you get like a great, great acoustic or great electric guitar? I would actually really love to go on a journey where someone told me you have 5,000 euros or whatever. <laughs> because I actually don't know. It's such a hard question. But I feel like it's possibly, you know, having one acoustic, one kind of amazing lifetime acoustic could be more of a thing than having an electric that you might at some point shift. Yep. I don't know. What about you? I, I actually go for acoustic as well. And my reasoning is kind of the same that you just mentioned because I think I personally need just one acoustic. And if I would get like an amazing, amazing one, I've, I've had a chance to play a few amazing acoustics. 
Like, once you find the one, I don't think I would really consider swapping it for anything else. Whereas with electric guitars, I've had guitars from like 100 euros to 3,000 euros range. And I'm more comfortable moving on from those than I would probably be. I'd go for an acoustic. Because I, I would only need one if I would find the one that really, really speaks to me. I might be set for life. Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly how I feel about it. What about you watching the show right now? If we gave you 5,000 of your local currency, would you purchase an electric guitar or an acoustic guitar or maybe a bass or something else? Let us know in the comments. I was scared that you're going to say energy drinks, but... I thought about it and decided I'll stay classy <laughs> and not do that. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. we didn't mention energy drinks. Me too. Again. It's the theme of the show today. But yeah, cool looking guitars. And we're looking forward to hearing your takes on this acoustic or electric. Which one would you go for? And speaking of electric guitars, Scott Ramps, a classic with a new G290 Fat to basically an HH Superstrat. And there's a demo of that thing. And it looks like a lot of other Superstrats. This also isn't like as cheap as I usually think of when uh, when we talk about cold guitars. I usually think of like very affordable instruments. Yes, This is over $1,000. 1100 50. Yeah, and I'm sure it has incredible specifications for that money. You know, from a distance, you could almost mistake this for like a sewer or something like that. It really yeah. looks good. So yeah, what have we got specs-wise? Really nice. We've got a roasted maple neck and fretboard, so that's cool. An older body with a flame maple top. A black tusk nut with lay side dots, so glow-in-the-dark mm. dots for when you're on a dark stage. Articulate and full-sounding voiced tone VTH-77 pickups, which I assume are court brand. Five-way switch mm. to provide glassy and sparkling single-coil sounds too. And massive humbucker tones. So, kind of nice. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to guess in this price range and with these specs, these are probably made in Korea. Or okay. the high end of like an Indonesian factory product. Yeah. Like somewhere in between. So, most likely, you're getting a really high quality instrument. It's just like in this price range, there's so many options available nowadays. There's the Avenis AZs, uh, Charvel has their range. Who am I forgetting? Well, obviously, you can get a lot of fenders, but maybe not these kind of fenders. Like that. It's a bit, bit different, at least. Those are more vintage. Instruments. I feel I'm forgetting some brand. I mentioned Ibanez, uh, solar guitars, maybe even depending on whether you're leaning more towards like mm -hmm. metal or not. I Chapman's. wonder how this. Yeah, Chapman's. I wonder how this guitar would compete against the Harley Benton Fusion range. That's a good question as well. Yeah, I, I'm guessing the QC is higher on these. It, it has the, to be. It, it must be. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Triple the price of a lot of Harley Bendens. So, well, actually, it's triple price of the Fusion range. Does those are like for most of them are four hundred euros? Yes, so yeah, triple the price. 
Could you actually, Vlad, click on that link for us so we can see some more of the specs? I just want to see if we have, is that a Wilkinson bridge or is it a Courtone bridge? It would be interesting to see that. It was not mentioned in the article we just looked at. Court ah, so we have CFA3 tremolo. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so it's a court tremolo, as they call it, and they're court staggered locking tuners as well, so we don't have branded hardware in that regard. Interesting. Yeah. Not necessarily an issue, but... No, not at all, not necessarily, but I mean, people often do look for brand names that they recognize and trust. Yeah. Sure. Some really nice I mean, finish options available here. It, they look expensive. The these flame maple yeah. tops are really, really eye catching. Yeah, is there like a a clear scratch plate on these? Yes, I think that's okay. A cool because for a few seconds, on... just looking at that blue one that you've got there, and a couple of the other pictures, I keep thinking, ah, oh, there's a broken string hanging down, but it yeah, does actually, actually have like a, like a clear acrylic scratch plate. Okay, presumably yeah, just nice to let touch. us. Yeah, let's just see more of that beautiful flame top. These look cool. Yeah, I don't have yeah. much experience with court beyond you know some of the really cheap beginners models, and I'd love to try some of these newer kind of higher priced ones. Yeah, I don't remember seeing like the court guitars in this price range. So nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to find out more, we're obviously dropping a link in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. From guitars to pedals. Electroharmonics unveils the smaller nanopulse pedal. It's basically a, well, they call it the variable shape stereo tremolo. And based on the demos, it sounds fantastic. Yes. Uh, well, because it's a variable shape tremolo, it's, I don't know, could you describe tremolo sounds as angular? But to me, they feel a bit angular, based on this demo at least. Um, yeah, I mean, that's in the nature of the name Pulsar, I suppose. It's like a pulsing tremolo sound. Yeah. I'm someone who unfortunately has never really managed to make tremolo work for me very well, except when I've plugged into a couple of Fender amps that had built-in tremolo and reverb, like the Fender Tone Master yeah. that we had on the Blue Guitar livestream the other week. That was beautiful. But yeah, I, it's an effect I need to discover more. It sounds great yeah. in this video. It does. And I mean, actual harmonics, a like, I'm kind of used to all of their releases being like high quality. Uh, it's also sad that we don't get demos from other people, like our favorite U YouTubers. It's pretty much like in house. That's, yeah. That's the only demos you get. Yeah. I mean, I guess but. that they don't need to work with people. Just on an electro harmonics front here um this pedal looks great a few weeks ago probably a couple of months ago we actually featured the deluxe memory man the new nano edition yeah. and i guess what they're doing with this one as well is they're putting their older big box effects into smaller nano sized housings have you seen mm. anybody else taking a look at that nano deluxe memory man is it even available uh, because you know no, i'm always on the lookout for it around here and it's just never it's never anywhere yeah, uh, could just be supply issues, I guess, right now. Not, not the best time to release pedals. So, yeah, sure. Like they have so many exciting pedals, but I also would love to 
try these out before buying. Yes, and definitely. There's very, very few of these available here in Finland. It kind of sucks. You got to move. Move yeah. to... Where are EHX based? Are they in New York? Yes. Yeah. Move there. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. That, that, that's something that I'm going to pitch to my fam- family. Let's move to New York so I can test pedals. I'm sure you'd be able to just—you'd be the first person to be able to do demos. It would be a yeah, lucrative career for you. Yes, lovely. Mm. Can't wait. But yeah, basically, this thing looks and sounds really cool. Yes, and to, I think like instead of us describing how it sounds, just check out the demo in the by using the link in the show notes because, like, as soon as you hear it, you get what what the idea is. Yeah, so and also. Cool. Recommend me a nice affordable tremolo pedal to try out, please. Thank you. Oh, yes, please do. I I, I want to hear the suggestions as well, so please do that. And Alexander pedals, Fever pitch takes takes pitch shifting to new realms. And when you sent me the link to this pedal and I watched the demo, <laughs> like my first reaction was that this is one of those pedals that other people make sound amazing. I would probably be completely, completely lost with this one. I mean, it does some super cool pitch patterns and all of that. And I don't know if I would ever be able to like get a grasp of this. I know some what you mean. Like, yeah, some people create like super inspiring soundscapes with these. Yeah, uh, it's, you know... Yeah. If you're the kind of person who wants to have, you know, four extra pitches to play with to do atmospheric or ambient soundscapes or whatever you like to do, you're gonna you're gonna be at home with this pedal. But maybe yep. for you, Vlad, and certainly for me, I would switch this thing on and it would just sound like a horde of killer bees was coming to attack me and my family. <laughs> and that's <laughs> in that regard, it's could possibly not a pedal I should own. But I would love to try one of these out and just see if I could hone it into something musical. Because there are so yeah, many possibilities exactly. and options if you know how to use it correctly. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I fear as well. Like, I enjoy listening to other people use this, but just knowing myself, I'd probably get frustrated with this one. And it, no matter how my, how inspiring I would make it sound, it's still like, yeah. It's cool that we've reached a point in our like gear lives in a sense where we can quickly tell like which things are for us and which are not. <laughs> like with this one, I like it, but I, I I shouldn't get one because I would probably just, as I just mentioned, grow frustrated with it because I just can't wrap my head around some design like this with a pedal. Yeah. That's, well, it's that's... super cool what you can do with pedals nowadays. Yeah, I guess we've both kind of got into our comfort zones there. It's like, for me, yes. is it a three-knob transparent overdrive? Sure, <laughs> take my money. Is it something anything more complicated than that? I'm terrified. I'm going to hide under yeah. the bed. But yeah, this looks cool. Exactly. And it's only $300, which when you consider what it does is not that much because it's not just the pitch yeah. shifting options. You have different effects in there too, like delays and stereo tremolo and pan reverbs stereo chorus and vibrato lots and lots of ambient options here yeah if i ever see one again i mean we say this a lot 
there's not that many options to go out and see these pedals if you live where we do. Yeah. But if I ever see one of I, these, I'll plug it in and see what I can do. Yeah, the only places where I've had the chance to try out Alexander pedals has been at NAB. I feel like Good they're not call. that well represented even like in Europe. I am going to have to if, see if they will be at the NAM show. If the yeah, NAM show is I'm happening. I'm not sure like... Go yeah, check them out. Where the company based at, so... Yeah, cool. Cool, 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 as they say in one of the TV shows I've watched recently. Yeah, from one pedal, I don't understand to another pedal that I'm just not familiar using, and that is a phaser. Castellan Bread gets funky with new Many Worlds phaser. Check out the GearCuts article. And Abadi J did a cool demo. Like Jay knows how to demo phaser pedals because he actually like feels like he actually uses them for the stuff he's doing. I've never gotten along with a phaser. I just don't know how to utilize them for anything that sounds good. But that's not... Uh, I, I don't blame phaser pedals, I blame me for that. <laughs> oh, by the way, look at that. Jay's is playing that a new Rev Star? Oh, no, it's not a new one, is it? Or is it? That bridge doesn't... Ooh, that tailpiece, it looks, sure, a bit, sure. looks a bit different. I can't tell. Could be. Yeah, not sure. I mean, looks great. Seems to sound have a bunch of different like waveform options and interesting graphics as well. Why not? If you're into phaser pedals. Maybe I just need to like get a bunch of these and like really sit down and try to like learn them. I don't want to di like digress or like I don't want to get into like an old man yelling at the cloud mode just yet. I'm too young for that. Like I I probably like one of these days I'll just order a bunch of like affordable versions of pedals that I don't know how to use. <laughs> and then just sit down and try them out. That would be a fun video, I think. <laughs> or a very frustrating one. We don't know, but we're gonna do that. Or it I definitely would be fun. I'm sure there's a bunch of guitar players out there, me included, who have no idea how to get great sounds out of a phaser. And if someone like yeah. you were to go on a journey with a phaser, you know, to buy an affordable one, to get to know it, to see what you could do with it over a series of, let's say, three or four videos over a few months. Yep. That would be kind of cool. That would be a good learning curve. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jay here, who is playing in this video that we're currently looking at, he's obviously grown up and is inspired by a lot of music that includes this effect. Whereas for yep. me, I really struggle to pick an artist who I love and listen to on a daily or weekly basis who actually has phases throughout their music. And I guess yeah. it's probably the same for you. Yeah, kind of. So It's like, who is... I don't know, I, I really am struggling to think of someone who I really personally admire, not just as a player, but as a, as a, as a songwriter or whatever, who uses phases as part of their signature tone. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. That, that's why I struggle to... I don't have like references in my head for like phaser sounds other than like Hearts Barracuda or something like that. Which is then again, I that actually might be a flanger as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with flanger, yeah. for example, I have, 
whenever I think of the effect flanger and whenever I am in a situation where there is a flanger that I can turn on, I can play the intro to Breakout by the Foo Fighters because that yeah. is just one example of a flanger that I kind of know and like. But apart from that, yeah. I'm sort of lost, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yep. But again, Jay does a great job demoing the whole thing. So be sure to check it out. Mm-hmm. And from that pedal, um, something I want to talk about uh, in the sense that, okay, so let's back down just a little bit. We're talking about a Richard Forrest signature guitar review on the guitar.com. First of all, the photos they take for these guitars are amazing. I think I like the review. It was very in-depth. They give a really high score to these guitars. And I think what makes this interesting is the fact that if you would go to your average uh, rock rock and roll fan and ask who Richard Forrest is, how many of those people would actually be able to say, that? oh yeah, that's the guy who's been playing with... <laughs> Guns N' Roses for many years now. I actually, I think he's played in Guns N' Roses longer than Slash has. I think he's the guitarist who's been in Guns N' Roses for the longest time. Because he's, <laughs> he's been there ever since, what, about 2000, 2002, something like that, 20 years or something yeah. like that. And Slash obviously was there at the start, took a very big break and is back in the band again, I think. He is, yeah. For the last four or five years or whatever. But yeah, Richard Fortas has been there consistently since about, yeah, 2000, 2001, 2002. Yeah. Just, it, I might be just completely ignorant about the whole thing. And I mean, he has to have a fairly big presence since he's getting a, like, well, basically two Gritch signatures. One is with a Bixby the other one is with a fixed bridge. The black one is called Black Falcon, which I like a lot. So he has a white and a black falcon. That's kind of cool. That's super uh, cool. That, these are pretty much yeah. some of the coolest Gretsch guitars I've seen. They're streamlined, yeah. you know, slimmed down. There's yeah. no knobs and controls on there that I would be lost with. And I love yeah. the black satin finish on the Black Falcon. Really, really yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Richard Fortas start... is... Yeah, right. Yeah, Richard Fortas is like a, a guitarist's guitarist in a way. He's been yeah. in a bunch of different bands. Um, he was or is in the Dead Daisies as well, and that's where I also knew him from. But he's played with lots of different artists, obviously the Guns N' Roses thing. and It's sort of like if you're playing Guns N' Roses, but you weren't one of the iconic original or most mm. well-known members, you, you'll never reach that kind of same status. But... He's an incredible yeah. player and he really knows his gear as well. He's an absolute gearhead. And yeah. just to tie together this and my day job, he plays a blue guitar amp one. It's not his main oh. amp, but he's got one for fly gigs and stuff like that. We recently uh, were able to post a rather nice quote from him on our social media. So that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's it's nice to see him have this signature model with Gretsch and actually do something kind of unique and personal, you know? Yeah. And this is about, like, technically they're kind of two different signature models because the White Falcon is a full fat uh, guitar with 25.5 inch scale and a big spin, as I just mentioned. But the Black Falcon comes with a hard 
tailpiece and it's 24.6 inch scale. So they're different. I love the, I love the article there. As per Fortis's explicit instructions, obviously they mean that he told them exactly to do that. But in my head, if he gave them explicit instructions, it just sounds like he has a really dirty mouth and was effing and blinding <laughs> as he told them to do it. <laughs> Too explicit to print on guitar.com anyway. Yeah, these these guitars look amazing, and like I think I need to like dive into Richard Fortis, like I don't know history, discography, something like that, because if somebody has these kind of guitars as the signature instruments, there has to be a great guy. Absolutely. A great and musician. Yeah, but by all, he taste. is, by all accounts, and he is a lovely person. I've been told by yeah. people who, who know him personally. I, I have never met him, but maybe one day, who knows? Yeah. yeah these look like great instruments. I think, yeah, possibly again, it's just the fact that there hasn't been a Richard Fortas band that was on the same level as, for example, Slash's band or whatever. And so that's why we don't mm. have him in our heads as being that kind of player. But he is a, a guy who's been doing it, you know, playing on the biggest stages in the world, surviving, working yeah. with Axl Rose for two decades. This is Axel. the guy. Respect. Yeah. Yeah, respect for being able to do that. Because uh, back when the Chinese democracy came out, it... It couldn't have been that easy to stay in the band. So, well done, no. Richard. Yeah. You definitely deserve this guitar or these guitars. Uh, I just, like that. Yeah. I, I just want to check out on the side, actually. I want to see if he is writing with Guns N' Roses or if he's just playing. Oh, that's a good, good question. I'm just going to check yeah. that out while you continue. While I mentioned that, uh, the review actually mentions that... Um, the filtertrons he chose for this these guitars are like matched to complement slashes less Paul loaded PAF. So yeah, I like that approach as well. So the sound kind of complements if you have like a less Paul type guitar player in your band as well. So that's cool. And yeah, I highly recommend you read the whole article. We're not gonna quote every single thing from here, but Apparently, these guitars are just really, really good. And I like that they don't scream signature guitar. I guess somewhere on the guitar, you could see that it's a Richard Fortas signature, but you could take these to your average rock or worship or, I don't know, jazz gig, and everyone would just say like, hey, that's a really cool guitar. What is it? That, yeah. that black one speaks to me. I usually it's, like white guitars. I prefer it, white guitars over black ones. But It speaks to one. me as well. Do you yeah. know the prices? Uh, I think I saw those at the beginning of the article. I would guess premium. <laughs> Thousands. Which is not... It can vary from 1500 or 2000 to 9000. Uh, let's... And just while you search for the prices, I just had a look at Chinese Democracy, which came out in 2008 and is still the most recent Guns N' Roses album, and the only one which yeah. has been released while Fortis was a member of the band. And, well, at least according to Wikipedia, I have a comprehensive listing of who wrote all the tracks, and he doesn't have any writing credits, according oh, to this. Cool. 
And he didn't play on all of the songs. There's a bunch of different people who played on this record, like about 20 different yeah. musicians. I mean, it was obviously a very difficult time for the band. It's well documented. But no, I don't it think is. he has any songwriting credits for them so far. Yeah. But obviously, he's played on all the tours they've done since then. Yeah. I got an update on prices and they're actually more affordable than I thought. Uh, so the White Falcon is £3,150. Mm-hmm. And then the Black Falcon is, well, £3,000. So a premium rich price, but not over the top. No, that's, that's like attainable. Yeah, that's not that bad. I mean, they're made in the USA as well. That's not yeah. a massive price hike, you know, considering it's a nope. signature model. Nice. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well done, Gretchen and Richard Fordus. This Absolutely. Like, I've had a thing, like, I kind of want to find a Gretsch guitar one day that I would, like, one of those, like, buy it once and you're set for life type of guitar. And, like, these speak to me. We've looked at some other Gretsch guitars in the past yeah, few it's weeks. Like, and, you know, everybody says you should have a Strat and a Tele and a Les Paul. You could also say that a Gretsch is another guitar that you should have because they are their own unique thing. Oh, definitely. And maybe this is something yeah. you could spend that 5,000 euros on. Because it might exactly. be, you know, 3,000 pounds. It's probably going to be 4,000, 4,500 euros. Oh, damn it. If you would make me choose between like an amazing acoustic guitar and this or something like this, uh, it's not as clear of a choice anymore. So <laughs> thanks. I think for me, I would still go acoustic, but you never know. Try one of these, and you might just fall in love. They they really look cool. Yeah. Just looking at that picture, yeah. by the way, that you've got there with the headstock, you can see the Fortis logo on the yeah. uh, truss rod cover there. So that's where his signature is. Yeah. Yes, that that's very like. You can tell that it's his signature, but it doesn't like scream signature guitar. Mm-hmm. So well done. And something completely different. Something that you can monitor your guitar with, I guess, kind of. Orange Amps released some bone conduction headphones. And they said that they are perfect for those who want to hear what's going on around them while being able to listen to music or have voice calls on the go. And as someone who owns a pair of I'm trying to see where they are. I have a pair of orange like studio headphones. The I don't know where they are right now. I think they're in my backpack. I use them for a session somewhere. I don't yeah. Can't find them just right right now, but Orange actually makes great headphones. Like I use the orange headphones quite a lot when I'm recording. Are and they better than Marshall the, headphones? <laughs> I haven't tried the Marshall ones. <laughs> but I do have a set of biodynamic um, something. Let me check the model name quickly. Just yeah, a second. That's what I've got on today. The biodynamic DT770 Pro or whatever they're called. Yes, the kind I of, have uh, exactly the yeah, same ones. The, the affordable sort of studio standard. Yeah, which really emphasize the bass. I'm going to say. Mm. They're fa- fairly comfortable to wear, though. My mine have worn out because I've had those for a decade now. I think uh, I know that you can get like replacement. Yeah, I'm on my second set of um, 
whatever you call the little cushions, cushion bits that go over the ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah I need to get those, uh, but they are not like mixing friendly and like like they really emphasize some of the low end frequencies, which make. Uh, listening to music great like everything sounds like huge and powerful but when you check your mixes on other devices you realize like you just have so much glow and going on yeah with those uh, with orange ones they're better anyway this looks nice as well. so what exactly do bone conduction headphones do I have to admit, I don't think I've ever used any. I, I'm not familiar with the idea behind them. But it seems to be that they these are not kind of in-ear headphones or anything for playing guitar on stage. These are for enjoying music or having calls or whatever. But they also somehow let you hear the outside world. So they're not like, you know, in-ear headphones that block out and isolate the sounds of the world from around you, which make it safer to I cross the road or something. Again, we're learning this as we go because this product was literally released this morning. I had an email in my inbox and I said to Vlad, let's put it on the show because it looks kind of cool. Do they work in a way where you don't actually like put them in your ears? (laughs) I'm completely new to this technology, I got to say. This is a very high quality like introduction for the whole technology. It's actually, yeah, you don't actually put them in your ears. You put them. Oh, right. They like, sit in front of the ear. If you're not mm-hmm. watching this, guys, but just listening, head over to YouTube, click on the link, and check these out. Because if you're not familiar with what these actually are, they will give you kind of a reawakening of what's possible with headphones. These look, they look bizarre. I have to say, having never seen anything like this before, they're earphones that don't go in the ear. They must sit on a little yeah. bone in front of the ear, and that's where you you hear them. The, yeah, they resonate there, I guess. And yeah, uh, as someone who is very like noise sensitive, so like I I can hear like when neighbor is like flushing their toilet type of thing, and just like my brain just reacts to that. Like these are not the headphones for me because, like, it also like allows my ears to hear everything while I, while I would also like listen to music with these. Uh, I'm the noise cancellation guy, so not my thing. But I'd like to try this out. Like, how does it sound? They do say here at the beginning that uh, it's uh, like there is some limitations to bone conduction technology that doesn't allow the O-bones. Ob- to, to compete with audio quality of traditional studio headphones. It's also so. interesting if you look at the text there um, in the For Everyone paragraph. Mm. It says that these are the perfect accessory to wear all day listening to musical podcast while still hearing the world around you. And I think I might be in the same kind of segment yeah. of listeners as you, Vlad, where I would find it possibly intensely frustrating to be sort of listening to music and yet if I'm out and about or if there are other sounds going on they would put me off listening to the music yeah that's what I'm kind of afraid of yeah but these look really interesting and I would really really like to try a pair of these out yeah same but (sighs) they cost 94 pounds in English pricing so maybe 120 euros 120 dollars something like that Mm. so they're not Super expensive. 
it's quite a lot of money yeah. just to buy one just to try if you don't know if you like it but Orange if you're listening send us a <laughs> we would love to test these out page. yes please do Orange listen to us I do not know I do have friends working there so maybe if you're listening Orange let us know let us know because we'd love to give one of these a, a test in the wild yeah definitely but I think we want to launch the new segment next. I don't have any like cool intro for it just yet as of shooting this, but there's a chance by the time this episode airs, there is a cool intro. But as of now, we're just going to call this questions and comments. Shall I just pretend and, to be excited? Yeah. <laughs> as you do in every show. Actually, yeah, just yeah. as normal. Okay. Yeah, so actually, I don't know. The working title is Roasting Your Rigs, but we'll see what the actual name will be. Not sure yet, but let's do it. Roast some rigs submitted by you. Questions and comments. Yeah, questions and comments indeed, except not. And we are going to start with, boom, my rig. Uh, <laughs> I submitted a photo, or I submitted a photo, posted a photo on the internet saying like, hey, please post your rigs. This is my rig from, um, I'm going to say maybe 2000. Or like This is my pedal board. And by the way, we're starting with pedal boards this week. And keep an eye on our social media channels of what we're going to do next week. Guitars, amps, something else. We shall see. But yeah, we can start with the my pedal board and for those who are listening to the podcast version i'm going to drop links to these photos in the show notes as well so you can check these out as you listen to the show and yeah i'm going to say this was from 2016 and the pedal board starts with a fuzz pedal made by a friend of mine i think i might have it somewhere something i think something broke inside of that fast pedal that I don't use it anymore but I read on the internet that you need to place your fuzzes before a buffer so my signal goes from my guitar into the fuzz and then it goes to true tone, pure tone buffer and from there it goes to a polytune mini uh, I think a few weeks ago I talked about we talked about like a bunch of rat pedals, I had a rat clone that I bought from Finnish Guitar Forum. Somebody just made these at home and it sounded killer. Mm -hmm. Sold it for, I don't know, 30 euros for whatever reason. Kind of w wish I hadn't. But yeah, Great Sun Rat Clone, TC Spark Mini Booster, Ditto Mini Booster. I, I think then Looper. the signal goes to... Yeah. Uh, then I think it goes to... Oh, wait. I'm actually confused about the signature. There's also a hypergravity compressor from TC Electronic. And then there's a galactic space destroyer delay that I built from a kit. Oh, cool. So it's a delay pedal. I think I have that somewhere in my closet as like, or cupboards or somewhere. And there. down in the bottom left hand corner, is that a Mesa amp switcher? Yes. I think at this time I was using a Mesa Dual Rectifier Mini Head. Okay. I remember playing some shows with that thing. 
actually, an amp that started the whole YouTube thing. I did a demo of that amp. And I got some comments on that video that, hey, you could be a great YouTuber. And a year later, I decided to give it a go. And the rest is history. What kind of fuzz easy. pedal was that? I'm interested. Two knobs only. Phase. Yeah, but I was going to guess. It's like a classic fuzz face type of thing. Mm -hmm. I'll see if I can scroll to the next photo. But yeah, that's my rig. Uh, I don't know if there's anything to roast. Could be tidier. But. Oh, it's not untidy. No. I think the spacing between the pedals is pretty good. Decent spacing. Well, they all line up. Two fairly yes. neat rows. I I like it. Thank you. And the next rig was submitted uh, by a friend of mine, Villa, who's a bass player, and he said that this was his old pedal board for bass. And I think it's kind of fun to have a bass pedal board. He had a uh, oh come on, what's the company blacking out right now with? Uh, vintage microtubes, microtubes B seven K Ultra. Uh, is it neural dark DSP, glass? That's dark the only glass. Thank bass you. pedal company I really know. <laughs> yeah, but that, this is a really cool and simple pedal board. Uh, I think that's like a uh, one of those. Well, like a one row pedal. There's some sort of power supply underneath. Yeah, probably the tune tune pedal train nano maybe. Yeah, pedal train nano probably. So poly tune tune. Mini, Polyton Mini, two, two Mini. I don't know what what the official name was. Vintage Microtubes by Darkless, then Microtubes B7K Ultra. So like a proper proper preamp type of thing for yeah. bass. Uh, Empress compressor, whatever that was, just Empress compressor and a radial stage bug DI box. And I remember him using this rig in some of the recording sessions we did. And also I've played live with Villa when he was using this rig. And as you might guess, it sounded fantastic. I can imagine. Really and nice, neat. Did he have as well. no amp then? He was just running this rig straight into just the PA, straight into the mixer or whatever. Yeah. Cool. I think you could have like cap simulation on the... My B7K Ultra. Not 100% sure. And that, yeah. it's not like you absolutely need to have that live either, but yeah, looks really nice and tidy. I li like I like these types of pedal boards. They're simple yet really versatile as well. Yep, I like that board as well. Nicely put together. Uh, oh, can I rotate this photo? Let's see if Dropbox gives me options. Because this is a little bit surely from the same it's the same board isn't it just with different stuff on it yeah so it seems uh, oh come on please let me rotate this image <laughs> I've just rotated my head by 90 degrees <laughs> well not quite I'm not that yeah. flexible but yeah yeah let me try to add this photo it, otherwise this looks stupid uh, there you go maybe no Nope, we are not going to rotate this today, I guess. Sorry for that, I'm going to fix it for later. But yeah, same pedal board, I think, as well. Uh, there's a power supply for HX Stomp. There's 
two foot switches to have more options on the HX stomp, and then there's the same radial stage bug. Again, this was this is like the next iteration of Villa's rig. Uh, I think he posted that this is what he's using right now. Yeah, it's his current pedal board. Yeah, and he's basically gone from an all analog rig to going digital with the HX stomp. Yeah, Just the one indeed. pedal, but it's probably way more flexible in terms of tones. Yeah. I mean, as a bass player, you, I would say, like, unless you're using a lot of effects, you don't need as many pedals. No, I would agree. would be yeah. really interesting to hear what Villa says about the tonal quality of the two boards. If he thinks that the HX Stomp is up there with the analog board that he had before, or if he's yeah. making kind of a tonal quality compromise in favor of having the extra effects and switching options that you get with the HX Stomp. Yeah. So Villa, if you're watching yeah. this, little let comment, please let us know. Yeah, by the way, he has a cool channel where he does bass covers, so we're going to drop a link to that as well in the show notes. Cool. So, And as I mentioned, he's been featured on many, many songs on my channel, so yay. Next one is from another friend of mine, which is Mikko. I think he's been on a few videos as well. He, first of all, has a beautiful, beautiful Duesenberg guitar. Yes. Which he has. And he has a very small pedal as well, which is absolutely packed with, with stuff. Kind of packed to the point where it's kind of... Uh, well, stuff almost falling off, yeah. <laughs> Yes, pretty much. Uh, I'm going to guess the signal chain starts with the Keeley compressor. Mm -hmm. uh, just the compressor. This is the JHS something. It's the, the kilt. The kilt, yes. Is that like a fuzzy type of thing? It's fuzz or overdrive, something in between? It's, it's like a... I think it's an overdrive distortion. And I think that this oh, is... Like the original version, because I know they make a small box version, which I guess is the V2. And it was yeah. a signature pedal as well. I'm just going to have to research that quickly, but I know it's made in conjunction with an artist. Ah, there you go. Yeah, then there's a volume pedal or maybe an expression pedal. For, for some reason, he has candy on his pedal board as well. Uh, need to ask for why. sweet tones. So, oh, there you go. There you go. Sweet. <laughs> Tones, indeed. And so the, the JHS then? kilt was developed with Stu G from Delirious. Ah. And it has four distortion modes. It's a distortion boost. I'm reading this from Stu the Toman product page, which came out first. Yeah. 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 Then he he's also having a HX Tom centric rig, but also pairs it with a Nemesis delay. And Very a Boss cool. RV. I think Miko actually uses Boss RV5, so not the six one, sixth one, but the five one. And uh, I'm pretty sure I know exactly why. That's because the RV5 is legendary for its modulated reverb. Yeah. And I think the RV6 apparently doesn't quite get there. I haven't compared the two, but I know that... Yeah. Uh, Boss reverb purists will always try and get an RV5 if they can. Yeah. So I'm guessing I just that's remember the case, that yeah. I actually have I actually have an RV5, RV6, and RV200 
or RV500 comparison on my channel where I go through some of these legendary modes. Just remember oh, that. Cool. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. I'll try to remember to drop links to that as well in the show notes. And Yemik also has like double foot, two extra foot switches to have some more flexibility when it comes to HX Stomp. Yeah. And looking at all the jacks here, he's running this board in stereo, I believe. Yes. He does. So does he have a double amp setup or how is he how is he doing things? Um I think he might be doing a double amp thing in the HX Stomp. Cool. As you can tell, like he's with these pedals, he's saving a lot of like processing power power from HX Stomp to run the dual amp thing. Yeah. I think that's the reasoning for him doing it like this. Ah, right. Yeah, okay. Re really cool. I guess if we're supposed to roast the rigs, um the pedals aren't perfectly aligned to the board. That bothers me a lot. No, oh, and so. instead of placing four sweets on it, I'd have placed three sweets and an energy drink on the left. That is very true. Also, yeah. if you're putting yeah. like some kind of candy or sweet product on a board, it has to be an Altoids mint box, doesn't it? That's true. I'm pretty sure he has had one on his board as well for <laughs> at some point. I actually, one time when I was in America at an airport or something, I saw Altoids. It's the only time in my life I ever saw them, and I bought the box because I thought, you know, I don't care what these taste like, but one day I might put them on a pedal yeah. board. How how dumb is yeah. that? But there you go. That's me. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the is getting from this board are great, but just you need to align the pedals and need to have an energy drink and Altoids. That's our suggestions to make it better. And the next one is from Poo Ninja. And I, I have to dig out the quote. He emailed me a bunch of pics on this. By the way, if you want to be featured in next Roast Your Rig type of thing, shoot us an email, podcast at catpickstudios.com and share us the stories of your gear, your favorite pedals, guitars, things like that. We'd love to hear them. And also drop us a link to your Insta page or YouTube I kind of stuff like that. We would love to share those as well. And yeah, so I'm just thinking up the Poo Ninja. This is an amazing board. <laughs> that is a very, <laughs> a very amazing board. Where is it? Come on, there you go. So he calls this a travel board, but then it puts in brackets, not in use. So it's a completely empty pedal board. <laughs> So he's not shoveling right now. We get it. No, he's not. So there's but, that. Yeah. Ah, okay. We want to go. No, I was going to say. This one has something. But that's, uh, yeah, that's, okay, somebody else's board. Then this is a homemade board. Yeah, this is board. a mega board. This is, again, Puninja's second board, which is called Mega Board. And he says that he's using currently using it as a pedal storage. <laughs> so there's a. Two metal zones. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's better than yeah, one metal zone. Yeah. What is that? That's Morley Bad. It's Morley Bad Horsey too. Is that like a Steve Vai Wah or something? It's a Wah. I, I don't know the ins and outs of the Bad Horsey line, but it looks cool. And the yeah. Digitech Whammy. Is that a Whammy 5? Oh, or is that the Whammy Could DT? Be. I don't know. One of those. And it looks yeah. like there is some kind of... <laughs> Oh yeah, an MXR Distortion Plus. Is that like a custom yeah. yellow sprayed case? 
Could be. I've never seen one that bright. <laughs> Maybe he cleaned up his one. And then we and I'm sorry again, I should have rotated these pictures before we sign up for or started doing this. But this apparently is a board that he actually uses. It's called he calls it a performance board. And is that the what what is that the slide six something pot uh, five hundred? Pod HD? What is that? Pod HX? I don't know. I'm just saying random things at this point. One of those older, like, pre-Helix era thing. And he has that, that nicely tied up, uh, cut out like an upper shelf hole to see the display of that board. And then there's what is called a... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> that was, uh, there's a Morley... I'm going to guess that's a warp pedal as well. Mm-hmm. And there's something that I really don't know what it is. Oh, AB box. AB box. 270. J- Some sort of Joyo uh, that, Sweet that Baby. That is surely overdrive. the Sweet Baby Overdrive, which yeah. is like a transparent Rev drive, G3. which I also have. Very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Rev G3. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, I'm interested Caroline. to see his G3 settings. Oh, let's zoom in. Oh, wow. Okay. He's really that. making use of those three active EQ bands. Yeah. A lot of bass. Yeah. And there's a graphic EQ by Caline. 10 band EQ. Okay. Uh, the switchblade by Electro Harmonics. So basically, just AB switcher or an option to use them together as well. There's a channel selector for a Fender amp. I think you might have showed me a photo of the amp or maybe not I think I was using some sort of well vendor amp obviously uh, yeah that's a nice a simple rig that's a I cool board can... that's yeah. a board that's actually been built by someone who's thinking about it I like it and Poonin is yeah. actually a really really good player I watch a lot of his videos and they are unique of course but <laughs> he's really very good to say the least <laughs> I reckon he should sing as well because he has a fantastic voice when he speaks in the videos. Yeah, I reckon he could do a great Tom Waits or even Captain Beefheart impression. <laughs> so if you're watching this, and I know you're watching this from up there on the moon, give us some some of those sweet, sweet vocals in future, please. 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 But yeah, thank you so much for su- submitting those photos. And next week, um, I don't know, let's do guitars. I'm going to say. Let's do it in a way where each of us will submit one guitar and we can share like our like stories of those guitars. And you lovely people, shoot us an email at podcast at catpickstudios.com, send the photos and tell the stories and we are gonna judge them. If it's I don't know if it's roasting, but it's just so fun to see what other people are doing and why they're doing what they're doing. We want to know that as well. So let us yeah. know. And before we wrap up, let's talk a bit more about the whole damn tone booth thing. Because <laughs> it's always fun. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Video. It's not like you have anything else to do. Yeah, as I mentioned, let's talk about tone booth a little bit. Um, our buddy Chris has. Video where he reacts, reacts to the Jim Lil video we talked about a few weeks ago, where he does the tone wood test and the conclusion 
was that it doesn't really matter. I think Chris had some really interesting points in this one where he kind of disagreed a little bit with the conclusions. He also talked about, um, like, I know, like, Ola and Glenn Fricker have done a thing where they also do, like, tone wood tests, but with, like, super high-gain amps. Chris kind of addresses that as well. And I guess Chris has a bit of credibility as he also likes to... I don't know, if, is, is he, like, actually, like, a trained luthier, I want to say? Or at least he... I know that he does, like, guitar repairs and maintenance for Thoman. He has yeah, set up I believe, my guitar. I believe he might be. So... But either I way, yeah. at the end of the day, all these videos have been made in totally non-scientific environments. You would need <laughs> someone to, well. you know, to, to find out any results, you would need to actually do it scientifically. So possibly yeah. the only person in the... You, sorry, a giant bird is flying outside my house. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> possibly the only person within like this YouTube sort of world that we associate with who could be academically qualified to conduct a scientific research of this would be Colin Scott from CSG. That is true. CS Guitars. But even even he would need, you know, access to neutral scientific equipment and a lab and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know yeah. if you could do it. And at the end of the day, I think nobody really wants to know if there is a concrete answer <laughs> to this question. Especially the That's YouTubers the like Chris who are getting so many clicks and views out of this topic. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's fun. Like, I'm in a camp of like, it's super fun to debate, but I don't really care. I kind of like, I love to debate about it, but I also don't care. And I think, like, uh, I just know that when I'm choosing a guitar, I would just like, if I buy a guitar now, I would probably go to a store and try a bunch, bunch of them out and then just go with the one that kind of speaks to me the most. And like knowing or not knowing whether the tone would like actually affects the sound doesn't really matter in those situations anyway. So, but I think Chris just brings out a lot of interesting kind of counter arguments and points compared. So, yeah, because some people who are also like saying like, like Jim Lil's video is like a definitive, absolute proof that tone wood doesn't matter at all, and it's a conspiracy by the guitar building community. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I mean it's it's a case with guitars that people are so passionate about it that they believe that what they want to believe, and I think a lot of people, myself included go into all these videos already with a preconception of what the answer yeah. is to the Tonewood debate and if someone then goes on to say something that you disagree with then you might kind of want to discredit them in a way even though you know all they're doing is making a video from their perspective and that's yeah, what exactly. I'm saying really this is all sci unscientific it's all just you know subjective debate this is Chris's take on it there's Jim Lil's take on it there's Glenn and Ola's take on it I remember that guys like the Andertons team and Rob Chapman years ago got into Tonewood mm. debates with people. Don't forget the five luthiers who do this as a profession also gave their opinions at the start of Jim Lil's <laughs> video and had totally different opinions to what Jim had. So it's 
you know, everyone thinks different things. And at the end of the day, what yeah. you said about picking a guitar that you actually like and enjoy the sounds of is the most important thing. But watch yeah, Chris's exactly. video because he's very interesting and charming and we both like him a lot. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think like he brings in some more interesting arguments. And also Chris has like done a thing where he, for example, took two Les Pauls, like his and I think Andy's, uh, so the Guitar Geeks, custom shop Les Pauls and like swapped all the hardware and pickups on the both of the guitars and like eliminated everything else but the actual guitar and they sounded different. If you watch this comparison video, like those two guitars sound different. And I don't know. It's a fun thing to be. It's one of those things where it's like we are serious and passionate about it, but it kind of doesn't matter. But it still matters. And I love that. So all good fun, if you ask me. Yep. So, <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time to wrap up. Wrap up Cat Pick Fridays, episode 40, not 40, 54. Gonna put those numbers in the reverse order. And when they're tired, you're tired, go get an energy drink, except we don't recommend you getting any energy drinks. Stuff like that, but Altoids. I'm losing it yes. a little bit. Yes. Exactly. Or nature's energy drink, a banana, which is not, in fact, a drink, <laughs> but. To eat a banana. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna guess you need a lot of bananas to get like banana juice out of them. Like a glass of a banana juice. Can Just you say. can you even get banana juice? I thought the closest I you could get I, is probably a smoothie. No. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. <laughs> Stay Let tuned for next week's episode where we have answers <laughs> on that yes, banana exactly. juice debate. The great banana juice debate coming up next on Cat Pick Fridays. Yeah, thank you so much for watching, listening, liking, sharing, subscribing, all the things. And send us your photos either on social media or at, get, well, not catpickstudios.com. Podcast at catpickstudios.com. I'm not tired, you're tired. Yep, thank you. And we will be back next week as we do here on Catpick Fridays. Bye, podcast. Bye, podcast. <laughs>